Um, thank you for um, getting up this morning, even though you missed an hour of sleep. We do start at 10, so it's not like that hard, right? How many of you are feeling the effects, though, of missing an hour of sleep? It's weird how one hour just really messes us up, isn't it? Um, so, in case we haven't met, I'm Wendy Bizat. I'm the co-lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard. And let's say our mission statement together before we get moving. Um, so at Mercy Vineyard, we're living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. You didn't say it. <laughs> oh, he blames the baby. Um, so today we're continuing our, our eight-part series, Created in God's Image to Reign. Um, it is where we're talking about who God created us to be and how we walk that on in life. And the series is based on the book by the same name by um, Jeff Newburn, who is a friend of ours. And um, so if you want to read a little bit deeper, and there's like even discussion and a manual prayer at the end of the chapters, you can grab that on Amazon. Uh, yes, right? On Amazon. Um, so first, we talked about, or Lee talked about, um, being created in God's image, that he is king, right? And what that means to be created in the image of the king and all of that is. So if you didn't hear that message, go back online, listen to it, because it's a great foundation for the rest of the um, series. And then I'm ringing just a little bit up here. <laughs> um, so then I'm echoing and I'm uh, last week we learned that we become what we understand God to be. So what we think about God is the most important thing about us. How we view him, because it's going to be how we view ourselves, right? If we're made in the image of God. And so it's important that we know who he is so that we can find our proper identity in him. And so before we move forward today, I want to read our uh, key scripture passage for this series. It's in um, Genesis chapter 1, and you can read along in your Bible, or we will have it up here. It's starting in verse 26, and it says this. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made and saw that it was very good. So when our oldest was getting close to school age, um, Lee said that he would prefer that our children be homeschooled, at least to start out. And um, I was not necessarily on the same page at that time. It's like, let's homeschool. I'm like, maybe not. Um, you have to remember this was 
plus years ago. So homeschooling was not nearly as prevalent as it is today. Well, okay, think back pre-pandemic. <laughs> but still, homeschooling was, is more prevalent today than it was 20 plus years ago, right? I didn't know a soul who homeschooled, no one. I had no one, no examples, no one. And um, we did not have high-speed internet, at least not at my house. Um, we had dial-up, and uh, we had little computer games on disk that you put in and load up, you know, the little teaching games, like Jumpstart First Grade, and um, <laughs> yes. And so I had no idea how to do it, none. And so this was one of the reasons why I was not really excited about the idea. I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm responsible for my child's education. Um, however, I was willing to try because I thought, how badly could I mess him up at kindergarten level? <laughs> Turns out pretty bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So I thought, well, I'll try it. So I bought um, a book called Homeschooling for Dummies and <laughs> poured through that thing. And then I joined, they had these online, um, anybody remember Yahoo groups? Uh, and so I joined a Yahoo group that had homeschooling moms in it. So I was like, just go in and read everything that they said because I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and our approach, <clears throat> excuse me, our approach was that we would take it one year at a time. We would just determine with each child each year what, what were their educational needs and would we continue with homeschooling or would we send them to school or whatever. And um, our boys got an education, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> and um, I did all over again. I learned so much because I had to relearn algebra right? Because I had to teach it three times. So I'm pretty good at algebra now. Um, not great, but good. I'll probably, I probably forgot a lot of it already. Um, I learned some Spanish. I learned a little bit of Latin even. I, um, boy, I would read history with the boys and be like, oh, I didn't know that. Because the way that they taught history were in my school was just rote memorization. And so when you're looking at it, story, oh, well, my eyes were opened. Um, so I got quite an education. I even learned a little calculus. But beyond the intellectual growth, um, God used those years to help me stretch and grow. Those of you who try to teach your children, you know what I am talking about, right? Amen. Um, especially if you have a child who's not excited to learn. I'm not going to say who it was. Um, so maybe you have a story that you could tell about, you know, there was something you needed to learn to do. You had no idea how you were going to do it. You had no idea where to even begin. But because you said yes, you saw a lot of personal growth in your life. Right? You saw a lot of stretching and growing. Or maybe God has prompted you to do something, but because you didn't know how to begin, you didn't pursue it. I don't know how to do that, so I'm not going to. Or maybe you have a tendency, as we all do, if we're not careful, to concentrate each day on just getting by, living in survival mode, not trying anything new. I don't want to mess with it. I'm just going to just 
keep on the path I'm going on, right? Um, well, in the scripture passage that we read at the beginning in Genesis, the, the word translated rain in the passage we read, it's also rule in another translation. In the Hebrew word there is rada, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it means to increase or to be in authority. It means to grow up. That's why they also say multiply. That's what it means, grow up, to excel. And so this verb is used other places in the Old Testament, and it is indicating personal growth, indicating personal growth as a key factor for that increasing that God is telling us to do. So when he put man and woman on the earth, that's what he told them to do, right? Increase, multiply. He's saying also grow up. Okay? So our job is far beyond just getting by or existing. It's to increase what we've been given. It's to grow in all that he has planted inside of us. Right? So you're getting your main point early. Here it is. If you remember one thing this morning, remember this. Growth is my destiny. Growth is my destiny. So let's pray before we move forward. Father, I thank you that your word gives us all that we need to live the way that you've asked us to live. Lord, that you don't just ask us to do something and then not tell us how, but you walk us through and you guide us every step of the way. So, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through your word, that you'd bring revelation, and that each person would hear what you want them to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if growth is our destiny, and if it is what is required in order for us to rule and reign, um, then how do we even begin? So, of course, Jesus is our best example, right? He is our best example for everything. And so we're going to look at Luke chapter 2. Verse 52, and it says, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and people. So what can we learn from this? So the first thing is embrace a posture of growth. So this verse uses the word increase as well, increasing, though. And it's also translated growing. And it is in the present perfect progressive tense that homeschooling. Ah. No, <laughs> it's in present perfect progressive tense, which what that means is it has past, present, and future implications. So in other words, he was, he is, and he will mature, increase, grow. So it shows in that scripture that Jesus was in a po active posture of continual growth. It wasn't just he grew up, and then when he, you know, he got to a certain point, he just stopped growing, right? So it's important to, to keep learning and never stop. We're never, we're never going to arrive. Didn't you think, maybe it's just me, I just had a birthday, and I'm like, I thought by this age I would know these things or be like this. Do you know what I mean? But you get to that age, and you're like, because you, when you're younger, you see older people, and you think, See, they've got it together. They know what's going on. And then you get to that age and you're like, no, no, they don't necessarily have it together. I still feel like a grown adult when I make a dentist appointment. 
did it. I'm a grown adult. <laughs> like, but we have to keep increasing and growing. We have to continue learning. There is no expiration date on the calling to rule in the scripture. And so what that means is we have to commit to learn, grow, and expand up until we're no longer here so that our lives have maximum contribution. So if you're still here, you still have growing to do. Uh, and when we grow, our children have then greater capacity to grow. When we grow personally, our business can grow. When we grow, our church or our ministry can grow. But if we don't, we stunt the growth of everything around us, don't we? Because we can ask God to bless our business. God, please bless my business. But if we don't grow personally, and he were to bless that business, would, be, would we be ready for it? The answer is no. We would not be ready for it. We have to continue to grow so that we can handle all of the blessings and all the things that he wants us to do. And as we do the things he calls us to, those hard things like loving our enemies, expanding his kingdom, um, doing the things, developing new mindsets. Oh, that's hard. But as we do those things, we are forced to develop what he already placed inside of us. Because when he created us, he, he, he created man and woman. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Do this. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to rule and reign, which means everything we need to rule and reign, he put on the inside of us. But it's up to us to increase that, to grow that, to be fruitful in that. And this continual posture of growth includes opening our ears to hear what he would have us to do, opening our eyes to see what he wants from, for us. Um, next, prioritize your areas of growth. So look at the four areas in which Jesus grew. In that scripture, it says that he grew in wisdom, so he grew mentally. He grew in stature, so physically. He grew in favor with God, so spiritually. And he grew in favor with others, socially. So our growth must reach into the critical areas of life. If we only pursue mental growth, our relationships are going to suffer. If we only grow socially but ignore our physical, then we might be setting ourselves up for an early expiration date. Right? We, all of those areas are important. And we tend to think about spiritual growth in terms of knowing the scriptures more or praying more, right? And those are foundational. I'm not telling you not to do those things. Those are very foundational. But they must inform all the other areas of our lives. Otherwise, we can't grow in those areas. And if we don't allow God to permeate every area of our lives, then are we truly surrendered to his lordship in the first place? <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> so we, you know, sometimes it feels overwhelming. It can feel overwhelming about all that needs to change. Even if we were to take those areas and push them apart like we did um, earlier this year, we talked about goals, right? And we talked about how to set up metrics for those goals. And sometimes even that can feel overwhelming. And, but there's something that's called the, I'm, I'm going to butcher the name, I think it's the Kaizen effect. Look it up. Um, but 
The idea is that if you focus on improving in an area of your life by 1% every day, by the end of a year, you'll, you will have improved by 37%. That's pretty significant. And if we can do something 1% better every day, we're setting ourselves up. So 1%, we could do 1%, right? There's no way we can completely change every area of our life every day and become and be 100% better by the end of the year. That's what we want, right? And that's what we try to set ourselves up for. 1% a day. That has a, the idea is that it has a com compounding effect. So as you grow, you're going to grow more. Um, next, embrace practices for growth. So a little earlier in Luke 2, where we just read about Jesus, it, verses 46 to 47 says, Then after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers. And what was he doing? Both listening to them and asking them questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. So Jesus had a place to grow, the temple, right? Jesus had people to grow, the religious teachers, and he had a process to grow, which were his questions and his listening. And sometimes I believe we struggle to grow because we don't place ourselves in an environment for growth. So are you ever in a place where you're asking the questions instead of giving the answers? I mean, that's how we grow, by asking questions, learning new things surrounding ourselves with growing people. So no matter the age of the people around us, if they are growing people, we can learn from them and we can be sharpened by them. Look for opportunities to learn from others. Turn your drive time into personal growth. That is the prime time for listening to something that can help you grow intellectually or personally or spiritually, feeding your soul, provoking you to growth. And really, one of the best practices for growth is to serve in an area that will stretch you. That one's hard. We don't want to step into things that we don't know how to do because we don't want to fall on our faith. <laughs> we don't want to look stupid. We don't want to feel incompetent. But that's where God's going to stretch you and grow you the most, right? Think about the, way, the times that you have grown the most personally, and what were you doing? Like, those of us who are parents, when you became a parent, oh my goodness, did, 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 were you ready to become, was anybody truly ready to be a parent when they became a parent? No. But when you did, and you felt it, right? The stretching, the growing every day, and with each new stage and new season of, of your child's life is a new challenge. But God really uses it to grow us because we're not prepared for it, right? So we have to be willing to serve in areas that will stretch us. And that, that's in that listening to God. If he asks us to do something, stepping out and doing it, even if we feel like, oh, I can't do that. Uh, you can if he calls you to it, right? We're, we're called to rule and reign. So... Um, those practices, when we set up practices, keep doing them, stay consistent, even when you don't see growth happening. Because what we do is we get on that roller coaster 
up, down, up, down, up, down. But don't give up on, on the practices. And also when you're seeing success, when we start to see, oh, I'm growing, I'm really doing well in this area, and then we stop. Like I said before, if I were to try to do algebra today, I don't know that I could because I'm off, the <laughs> I'm off that growth curve, right? So we have to continue those practices and those, um, putting ourselves in those environments. Next, submit to the process of growth. So in our Genesis 1 passage, he tells us to govern, right? It, in another translation, it says subdue. And um, the Hebrew word for that it implies a powerful struggle. So it, growth will not be easy. It, it, it's never easy. We all know that growth comes most often through struggle, um, sometimes even pain. So when things get hard, we have a choice to make. Will I look for what God may be able to teach me through this? Or will I allow the struggle to take me down? Or will I just bow out? Because we like to do that too. We lack the strength and the resources to pull it off on our own. We just do. But that's why we have to depend on God. That's why he gives us things to do that are beyond us, because then we have to depend on him to do them. And then who gets the glory? He does. So we have access to all the tools. Lee talked about it last week. So if you didn't hear that, go back and listen, because God has put those tools in us, and we have access to them. We just need to lean on him and trust him and let him grow those in us. We are in over our heads. We are, that's, I mean, God calls us to do things that are over our heads. To expand his kingdom is over our heads. But that's what he calls us to do. So practice listening to the Holy Spirit when he begins to nudge you about an area he wants to touch or heal in you. Right? Often our growth includes opening up those vulnerable spaces to him. If we don't let him do healing work and bring us to wholeness and health in our emotions, right, and in our, in our spirit, we, then we're stunting our own growth. So open up, allow the Holy Spirit into those vulnerable places. And for us to step into our role of reigning, God's going to challenge us in ways that we never dreamed. He's going to call us to things we never imagined. And he's going to ask us to live a life of his choosing. So homeschooling, for me, this was, like I said, 20-some years ago. It was only the beginning. <laughs> Saying yes to God in that area um, led to more challenges. And... Um, like when we decided to plant a church, well, we didn't decide. When God called us to plant a church and we said yes, <laughs> that was another thing that I thought, there is no way I know how to do this. No way. Even to be a pastor, you can ask, back when we were talking about planting and, and the pastors that were pouring into our lives, and I remember having a conversation with one of them, and um, I said, um, Lee is saying that he wants me to be the co-lead pastor. And he said, you are a pastor. 
don't you know that by now? <laughs> no, I'm not ready to be a pastor. He's like, no, 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 you are a pastor. Okay. <laughs> but God calls us to do things that we're not ready for. Uh, camp. Hello. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Had no clue. And you guys know that story. And I know those of you who have come to camp, don't you kind of feel like when you came in, you're like, ah, what I'm doing. I'm completely clueless. And did it stretch you? Are you a different person? Yeah. Because that's, what God, that's how God changes us. That's how he grows us. That's how he matures us. And every time, so God gives me the tools I need when I need them, but usually not ahead of time. You know, when he said, I want you to plant a church, we didn't have everything that we needed in our tool belt to make that happen, at least not before. But as we begin to say yes and walk forward, he provided those things, right? And because God has made us in his image and he has destined us to go and increase and to grow, then it is possible, whatever he asks. And that leads me to my last point, which is to know the purpose of your growth. Jesus knew the purpose of his life. He knew that his growth was ultimately preparation for the fulfillment of his mission. The Bible gives details on his birth, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection, Um, but it's relatively silent regarding 30 years between his birth and the beginning of ministry. So that's mainly all contained in Luke chapter 2. And what that shows us is that Jesus was growing toward his purpose, right? When he tells his parents, after they finally find him, after those three days they they couldn't find him and they find him in the temple, he says, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? He was leaning into his purpose, what he knew he was destined to do. And there will be times when you feel like things aren't going as fast as they should be. Your growth isn't progressing like you want it to. Your ministry, your business, your whatever it is, the area you're trying to grow in, you're going to feel like, come on, let's go. But that's where we have to know our purpose. That's where we have to know the purpose of the growth because it'll keep us moving forward. Remind yourself of your purpose and your identity in those moments. Who are you? Who are you created to be? And whose are you? Who do you belong to? We're not called to live just getting by at the whim of our circumstances. We are made in the image of God deeply loved by him, and we're called to live purposeful lives, bringing change to our world and expanding his kingdom. One of the things that I felt like God was really um, impressing upon my heart over the last week as I was reading about this and just praying about it, I feel like now more than ever, know how to say this other than just I'm just gonna say it we live too much for ourselves
and we think about we think about growth and we think about our purpose and we think about our dreams in terms of what we want. We do. We all do it. Even if our dreams are noble. And if the truth is, if we, if we don't hide in him, if we don't find ourselves hidden in him, what's the point? <laughs> and I just really felt like... Um, I just felt like that's a question that, that we need to ask ourselves right now is, who am I living for? Am I living for myself? Am I living for him? Am I seeing myself and my whole life as belonging to him? Because when we make Jesus Lord of our lives, that means that's not just that he, you know, we invite him in and he's our friend and, and he saves us. But that means he's Lord. That means he's over all of it. Every decision. Every area. Everything. And I feel like what he was impressing on me this week is that, and maybe it's just for me, but I'm giving it to you anyway. It's for free. Um, that it's time to shift our mindset that everything we do is for him and in him, right? So we're not just running off doing what we think he wants us to do for him. But God, what do you want? What do you want? Romans 8.29 tells us that he has predestined us to be conformed to the likeness of his son. It's our destiny to be like him. It's our destiny to grow to be like Jesus. And I feel like there are some areas, I know for me, there are things I've had to ask God, what area, in what area are you leading me to growth that I have not yet said yes? What are you asking me to do that's going to grow me that I have not yet said yes? And I just want you to ask him that question today. I mean, maybe there's an area he wants to heal in you and you're not opening to him. Maybe you know that there's a habit or a practice, or maybe even it's the, whole, it's the direction that you're headed in your life, and, and God is saying, I have something else for you. And you're like, but this is what I planned. This is where I'm going. I mean, it's so much easier when we just give in to him, because he knows what's best anyway, right? So ask God today, what are you doing right now in my life that is conforming me to your likeness. And when you ask him that, then you can yield to that. And then ask him, where is he calling you to growth that you've not yet said yes? And is there an area where you're just automatically thinking, I can't, 
I can't. But if God is leading you to it, he'll lead you through it. It's just, I feel like his heart is heavy for, for us to just further surrender. He's always calling us to deeper surrender, greater surrender, more and more and more. So I just want to pray in that direction this morning. Do you have anything? I think sometimes what we, uh, a lot of times we don't grow until the pain to stay as we are becomes greater than the pain it would take to grow. <laughs> we don't want to grow because it makes us uncomfortable. You know, I, I'll have to change some habits. I might have to change this. I might have to put more time into that. I won't be, you know, whatever. It stretches us. Sometimes growth feels like homework, you know, spiritual homework or physical homework or whatever those things are. And, you know, the thing is, is like, you know, this, this area of lordship that Wendy's talking about, you know, giving Jesus greater lordship over our life, it can't happen without growth. Like, you can't, you can't separate those things. You know, greater, greater growth means greater lordship, and greater lordship demands greater growth. And so I think the, the big question is, you know, what, what are the areas of my life, number one, that I'm really comfortable in? And that should be a little bit of a challenge for you. Where am I comfortable? Because that comfort almost has a way of like deafening our ears to hear that need for growth because we're comfortable in that area. And I think if we begin to ask ourselves questions like, you know, am I the Jesus follower that I thought I would be 10 years ago? And then there might be some ouch factor in that. Am I the parent I thought I would be 10 years ago or five years ago, whenever my child was born, you know, uh, and just, just pick the area, you know, am I handling my finances, you know, is that, is, is, is Jesus Lord over my finances the way that I thought I would, he would be, I heard a statement recently that said, if Jesus isn't Lord over your finances, he's not Lord over your life. Ouch, <laughs> you know. So what area are we comfortable in? What are the areas that we're resistant in? When somebody talks about lordship, where do we bristle? Those are all wonderful, you know, flags, wonderful areas for God to, you know, challenge us and to grow. And, and so I feel like um, this last year it's been difficult for people to grow because their focus and their energies and their attention has been on... Uh, surviving, like, you know, survival mode. And survival mode will keep you from growing uh, because, you know, it's, a, it's called the spirit. It's a spirit of self-preservation. And when we're in self-preservation mode, we don't grow. And so all these things. And so I think that, you know, the long and short of it is just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to, you know. And it also takes humility to grow. You can't be proud and grow at the same time. And pride will just stunt your growth instantly. And, uh, and so I'll, I'll just pray for you. Do you want me to pray? And you go back there. Or do you want to pray? Or did you have something? I'll pray with you, but you go. Okay. God, today we... Um, Lord, I, I just want to, like, strip off all the things that keep me from growing. God, I want to I just 
kind of lay my excuses down at your feet. God, I don't want to wait until it becomes more painful to stay as I am than the pain it takes to grow, God. I want to be willing to endure the pain to grow without waiting until I have to. Lord, I pray that you would make us people who have a passion to grow, who enthusiastically want to grow and give you greater lordship in every area of our lives, God. And like your word says, that Jesus grew in stature, he grew physically, he grew mentally, he grew socially, God. Lord, we want to even grow in that area, God, just in treating others as we want to be treated and seeing Jesus and others around us and growing maturity. Lord, help us to be like soft clay in your hands and allow you, God, to shape us and to mold us. God, into the, like your words, those special vessels, those vessels that are set aside for a special purpose. And thank you. And if, if you feel like um, God was nudging you, like that um, there's an area where he, he's just kind of poking at and you're a little uncomfortable, <laughs> but he wants, he's just trying to speak to you about uh, maybe saying yes in an area or making a change and you know that he's calling you to that greater surrender, that you've been living too much for yourself and maybe just in an area of your life. If that's you, I just want you to take a posture of of surrender, whatever that looks like to you, and um, we're just going to pray. Holy Spirit, would you come and rest on every person that... You're calling to you're calling all of us, God, to deeper surrender. But Lord, I just speak against fear in the name of Jesus. Would your perfect love cast out fear? And anything that you ask us to do, any area you ask us to surrender, Lord, we are safe in your hands. And I believe, God, that. As we move forward, that you're just going to continue to call us to deeper levels. And I pray, God, that you would give us the grace to say yes. Lord, we say yes. We say yes to you. We say yes to living for you. God, help us to walk in surrender. Every way, Holy Spirit.